Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. I feel like I need to start this one like, welcome to the family communications class. <laughs> Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 32, House of Gold. Make sure you listen to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track four off Vessel. Hello friends and welcome to the summer season. I just started reading my very first Rilke book and I love it and I want everyone to read Rilke. It's more like classic literary fiction so it's dense but it's so good. He's so like poetic in his writing and if you like my podcast you will like real K. Um, he has a lot of poetry as well, which I haven't delved into yet, but I really want to. So if nothing else, you'd probably have the most enjoyment by consuming his poetry if you're not big into dense classical literature. So just want to put that out there because I love recommending things that I think you would like because I love entertainment. So yes. Also, I saw King's Kaleidoscope with a friend this past week, and I just got into them. I know a lot of people know them already, but I cannot recommend them enough if you have not listened to them yet. They're so good, and they have Tony and Pilots vibes, so 10 out of 10 recommend if you've not listened to them yet. I love their Becoming Who We Are album. Mmm, so good. So, recommend for sure. Those are my recommendations lately. So we're digging into House of Gold, which is fun. I feel like thematically this is very different than a lot of their other songs we've talked about, but there's still stuff to be gleaned because there always is, and I feel like <laughs> no one believes me when I say all of their songs are entrenched in Christianity, but they are. They are. Even if it's not God directly, like, it's so prevalent. And I love that. And this one, as you can imagine, is primarily about family dynamics and how that relates to faith and sin. And there's good content here. Like, chances are it's going to be a shorter podcast because it is a shorter song, but we are not at a lack of things to talk about. So buckle your seatbelts and put your hats on because hats are always involved when we're going at high velocities. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyways, background to House of Gold. Really, just two things. This was considered the third single off of Vessel. And as like most everyone already knows, the song is about Tyler's mom which is awesome. And it makes me even more curious about the original intentions and what exactly he was going for. And I'm so curious what his mom thinks of the song and the message. And obviously, like, did she actually say that? We don't know. Chances are no, <laughs> but, but also you never know. So I don't want to assume. Tyler, I know you're listening. <laughs> Give us some clarity here. So... If we just want to like jump right in per huge, I feel like this is very unique where it's starting with just ukulele and it might even be their only song where it starts with just ukulele. And 
as you can imagine, as you know, ukuleles are just very happy. It's very happy-go-lucky, it's very cheerful, and it's very soothing. And I like how during the whole beginning of the chorus, when it's talking about what his mom says, it's just ukulele. And then at the end of the chorus, when he gives his response, it brings in the piano. So it kind of like made me think like, oh, the ukulele is representative of his mom and the piano is representative of him. So I just thought that was a cute little transition in the music there. So it starts off once again with the chorus. I think well, I pre-recorded Car Radio with Luke because of his schedule. And, spoiler alert. And I think that one starts off with a chorus as well. So this album is just like full of, we're going to start with choruses, which is so interesting because that's, I feel like that's not a super common thing. So I just thought that was interesting that there's not one, but multiple songs in this album that do that. The chorus goes, she asked me, son, when I grow old, will you buy me a house of gold? And when your father turns to stone, will you take care of me? And then it repeats that. And he says, I will make you queen of everything you see. I'll put you on the map. I'll cure you of disease. Now, obviously, we can just go through and say this just means what it's saying. But what would the point of that be? None. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be recording this if that was the point. First of all, I just want to say... She comes in like, will you buy me a house of gold? And I just immediately think of Fiddler on the Roof if I were a rich man. <laughs> like, anyone else? Because I do. And I'm definitely biased because I was in Fiddler on the Roof in high school um, in the chorus. It was so fun. I got to be a bottle dancer. Fun fact. Um, I got to play both a man and a woman. <laughs> it was fun times. It was actually stressful when I had to be the bottle dancer because I had to change from my, because I was in like a scene right before, I forget which one because it's been so many years. Wow, it's been a while since high school now. I'm not going to tell you how many years because that weirds me out. It's been too many years. It's been too many years since high school. Wow, now I'm having an existential crisis. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I don't know. Completely lost my train of thought. Yikes. Someone help me. Lord, come through. But it was totally... Oh, right. I was saying how stressful it was because I was in this scene as my character. I don't even remember what I named her. That's sad. And then I went off stage and I had like five minutes to change all of my clothes and then run out there because I'm immediately going on. And it was just like... There was one performance where I like barely made it they were already starting to walk into the auditorium <laughs> i almost missed it because i wasn't about to change in front of other people anyway that just brought a random stress but so the sentiment at the beginning really reminded me of that because it's just this idea of this desire and hope that not that things will go get better because that's really subjective but that everything will, will somehow pay off in this life that it'll end up with prosperity and comfort without need you know just our our idolized and idealized view of retirement and the ends of our lives on earth so interesting to think about you know and I, I recently started contributing 
to a 401k. And it's just like, yeah, we really idolize that. We really idolize luxury and comfort. I'm not calling his mom materialistic. (laughs) But like, it just, you know, you can't help but hope for that as a broken human being. Um, Even though we do not deserve that at all. We don't deserve anything like that. At least not in this life. But I just think her question is so human. Will you buy me a house of gold? Just this hope that all of the trials will end with a reward. And obviously we know, eternally speaking, that it does. But I don't know. I think it's very human to hope that all of the energy that we're putting in and all of the struggles that we're working through are going to come back around for us or be paid back to us. You know, like we're not designed for one-sided relationships in any capacity and obviously there's very abusive family dynamics out there where it's like, why? gave you the roof over your head, so you have to do this, this is for me, which obviously is not at all what this song is, but yeah, it's just a reminder of like how much we desire comfort as sinful people, that so many people will abuse others for that desire, or be self-absorbed for that desire, yeah, Didn't mean to turn that into such a downer, but it is worth mentioning that no, we can never fully pay our parents back for what they've done for us, but also, like, none of us can pay God back for what he's done for us, you know? Like, it's just, that's just how it is. And so, there's no way we can ever receive perfect payment for things that we've sacrificed or things that we have given others There's never going to be perfect reciprocation, and that should never be an expectation. And I guess at this point, I'm just kind of saying, like, be careful. (laughs) Be alert to when people could be manipulating you. I guess guess that's ultimately my point. But again, that's not what we're talking about here, but I just felt it worth saying, given our selfish, sinful patterns of humans but i think also this shows just the generational care that we have as christians this desire to give back and to care for other generations which is so beautiful especially when you grow up from being a kid into an adult and you understand the full sacrifice and love and selflessness that older people have for you and have had for you and that healthy desire to want to reciprocate, to want to transform a parent-child dynamic into a peer dynamic, which is very challenging thing to do, but but once it's done, it's a very rewarding thing to do. I have very much had the privilege over the past few years to transition those relationships with my parents, and it's beautiful. Um, it's definitely a really hard hump to get over when maybe even more so for people like me who are the youngest in their families, but it's quite a beautiful thing to showcase to your parents your growth and your maturity. And sometimes, actually a lot of times, that means hard conversations and disagreement and 
confidence in holding your own thoughts and opinions. But also, I think those are moments when older generations can also find a lot of newfound respect for younger ones in seeing that they're not just child stereotypes, but they've turned into very insightful and wise adults themselves. And it's really easy to forget about that, I can imagine, if you haven't been a kid for a very long time. And as the older I've gotten to, it's interesting because you think you're so mature at 18 and then you think you're so mature at 21 and you just get older and you look back and you're like, not even close, not even close. Um, I'm going to look back at 25 and be like, not even close. So, I mean, I guess I just spoiled how many years it's been since college, but, or high school, (laughs) but yeah, like, and it's just wild because you just grow up and you're like 21 what an adult and then you get past 21 you're like 21 barely an adult (laughs) it's like it's just a weird perspective thing that shifts so just know if you're if you're a young listener like what you think is old now is 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 not at all and your brain isn't fully developed until 25 so I guess technically now I am fully brain developed adult (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this is just turning into a really rambly, random podcast. So we've set the stage for caring for and honoring our elders and that desire and our human desire to value prosperity and comfort. And then... She's just like, when your father turns to stone, will you take care of me? Will you take care of me when he's dead? But also, just because I'm me, the essence of him turning to stone reminded me of Sodom and Gomorrah, and I just wanted to read that real quick. Um, it's my one passage for the whole song. So Genesis 19, 15 through 17, and then 19 verse 26. So 15 through 17. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife, Nugget said up too, (laughs) Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. Okay, all of a sudden, I'm also thinking of the outside music video. Interesting. (laughs) Reeling it back in, reeling it back in. And then the verse 26. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt which reminds me of percy jackson when medusa turned wait does she get turned into stone herself no i don't remember anyway it just like reminded me of medusa even though it's was, it was not the same thing but yeah i think this segment inquiry it emphasizes the fear of isolation and even abandonment That we also have. I mean, you think about being old. You think about being on your deathbed. And just this weird feeling of like, it's pretty, it's pretty lonely feeling. But like, 
this idea like how many how many people I know and love are still even going to be around when I'm on my deathbed? Am I going to be alone? And yeah, I'm sure that's even more scary if you are a single person because you don't have children. Can't even imagine. But yeah, we are, we're all battling fear. Oh dear, I don't know if we know where we're here. And I think ultimately in this question, it just boils down to fear. Will I be taken care of at the end of my life? Will I be seen? Will I be comforted? And I can just like yowling. Yeah, just like all of these questions and uncertainties for good reason. And so his response is, I will make you queen of everything you see. I'll put you on the map. I'll cure you of disease. And it's ultimately like, yeah, I will make you queen. I will give you control. You have control. You have stability in that way and certainty. You will have reputation. You'll be on the map. Um, You'll be noticed. You'll be seen. And you will have good health. And clearly, none of these are guaranteed. Uh, None of these are able to be granted or guaranteed or controlled by anyone other than God anyway. And yet, he promises this, which is interesting. Like, you can tell it's a very earnest desire, but it's certainly a very common human desire to make sure that all of your loved ones prosper, but... It's also not something that is guaranteed. And it also just feels like these concepts and questions that she's initiating are in the context of childhood. Like, just this idea as a parent of you... I mean, it's like if any of you have read The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls, such a good memoir. So famous for a good reason. Like, most parents will raise their kids and be like, just have this idea of how they want them to succeed, and it just kind of feels like that, from that is the point of where she's asking these questions of, oh, you're gonna go off and, you know, conquer the world and (laughs) accomplish all these things, and so once you do that, when I grow old, will you buy me a house of gold? Um, and it just, to me, that is like the unspoken context is this parental desire to see your kids flourish in every way imaginable because you just want the world for them. And even if you can't control that either, just as, as unlikely as Tyler can control what happens for his mom and how he particularly cares for her. It's, again, just this generational yearning of care and devotion and wanting your loved ones to be as free from pain as possible, even though that's just, it's just such a pure hope. Um, It's such an untainted hope that is so unrealistic, but so beautiful in its innocence, especially in the context of a, a parent talking and and asking these questions to a young child and I I love that it brings just an essence of innocence and also like heartbreak 
because of how inaccurate this innocence is and how whatsoever like how clearly i'm i'm tired i'm recording very late at night <laughs> my thoughts are not coming as smoothly as they usually do so then it goes into verse one Let's say we up and left this town and turned our future upside down. We'll make pretend that you and me lived ever after happily. And this is where the drums come in with Josh. Um, just kind of a steady narration going on now. Apart from mom's questions and Tyler's answers. Playing off of the chorus is very much about this dream of having a completely different life and I feel like we all think about this. There's so many different possibilities. There's so many different decisions and choices we could have made. And just this idea that our life could have been a billion different things. But we chose certain decisions that led us to certain things and certain relationships. And like if we made different decisions, we would have met a completely different set of people. Completely different career. Completely different school. That's just crazy. Completely different hobbies. You know, like everything we have right now and are doing in our lives right now is from a very specific set of choices. They could have been completely different. That's wild. I think that's wild. And to me, that's what up and leaving this town is all about. Turn our future upside down because of the sheer number of possibilities that their lives could be. We'll make pretend that you and me lived ever after happily. And this is really sad to me. <laughs> this is probably the saddest line, honestly, to me. But really, just again, this idea of human and also familial sin and struggle, especially with comparison and envy and just feeling like the grass is always greener. We, we can pretend that we would have lived happily if we made these other decisions. Which is not possible. There's no way we could have ever lived perfectly happily, happily. But so easy to think that we could have if we'd done this other thing or if we were this other person or if we had this other lifestyle or if we had more money or more success or achievements or different relationships because of whatever particular conflicts. Yeah. And also just this idea that none of us are free from need. Um, and no matter what your lifestyle is, no matter what your life choices are, you're always going to be in need in a lot of different ways. And there's no way that you can live your life happily without being in need of anything or without lacking anything. We are all lacking things. We are all weak in things. And that's actually really hopeful. Because there's so many ways that we are equal. And there's so many ways that we have so much in common and that's really liberating and it's really healing when it comes to comparison and envy in particular but I definitely have people and I'm sure you have people too that we either see in social media or encounter in daily life that we feel like uh, if I just had whatever that they had life would be a lot better than it is right now but that's just not at all true and even more so on social media there's so much you're not seeing and I think it's the younger and younger you are in our current day and age the more saturated you are in social media and so I think it's always important to remember 
that social media is such a tiny sliver. Like, we know it is for ourselves. We so often forget with other people. It's such a tiny sliver. And similarly, there's so many fights that break out on social media because people think they know other people and they think that their social media is representative of so much more than it actually is. That's really frustrating because I think we've just become so entrenched in social media that we forget how minute of a scope it is and a lot of people buy into the lie that social media is just this huge representation of a person when it's so not. It's representative of really shallow things and really fleeting moments Even if someone's posting something you disagree with, like, you have no idea what their thought process is behind why they're posting that. You have no idea what their thought process is behind why that is their opinion, why they chose to word something a certain way. It's just there's so much miscommunication that would be obliterated if we were actually walking alongside that person in daily life. And it's always comforting to remember, for me anyway, that you have way more in common with everyone than you think you do. You just don't know it because you're not walking with them in daily life like you are with the people you do know personally. And it's just, it's so much easier to ostracize people when you're seeing such a minute slice on social media, which is a bummer. But yeah. And then I like how... I think it's an interesting tension how the music is very confident throughout all of this. But again, like with Tyler's response to when the chorus comes around again with his responses, it's like, it sounds so confident sonically, but really there's no certainty for this narrative. And really, he could be making false claims. Like, That's a lot more like dark, but he could just be outright lying because the truth is scary because it's out of our hands and I think Nugget would agree because she's been crying a lot. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna keep going because I'm just like I'm getting very tired. I genuinely wanted to record now like I didn't feel like I had to but wow my energy just tanked real fast so I'm sorry I'm sure I've sounded very tired in this podcast but I'm enjoying it I swear just like if I don't end soon I'm gonna lose all of my trains of thought (laughs) I think there's honestly like a moment like partway through where I was just my brain was just like can I even make it to the end (laughs) normally this is the one day of the week I for sure get to sleep in but I did not today so but I'm fine, I swear. Okay, or like there's really not much left, so it's fine. <laughs> you guys are gonna be like, go to bed. Verse two, except you're not because this is in the past for you, huh? <laughs> Verse two, and since we know that dreams are dead and life turns plans up on their head, I will plan to be a bum so I just might become someone. Best part for sure. My mom always loves when he screams. She's like, there it is. (laughs) Like, I would show her when Trench first came out. I'd show her a music video and she'd be like, where's the scream? Like, jumpsuit. And then he screams and she's like, there it is. (laughs) Speaking of moms, wanted to add my mom in there. So now we have, you know, another downer. Since we know 
that dreams are dead. And it's kind of like in comparison to the idea of innocence and hopeful questions to a child that the chorus could be framed as it's now like okay like we're pretending that we lived happily and now we know that dreams are dead we know that life never pans out in the ideal ways that we want it to that we end up either regretting things or feeling like i literally was about to say something that was like the same as regretting things Lord help me. <laughs> um, goodness, I am just, I am fading fast, y'all. And I don't know what Nugget is doing. <laughs> She's like tumbling around. Nugget, no. Stop it. I don't want her to come in because she's going to come in. She's just going to step all over my keyboard and then she's probably going to turn off my recording and I just don't got time for that, y'all. <laughs> I'm exhausted. This is a joke. This is like the most exhausted podcast I'm ever going to have. I will never do this again. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> but I like how he turns it around by saying, I will plan to be a bum. So I just might become someone like if you expect the bare minimum, which really is all that we deserve. We, we don't deserve anything excessive. We don't deserve luxury. We don't deserve extra comforts. We don't deserve anything easy, really. And so if we expect the bare minimum, then we're guaranteed to receive blessings that are completely undeserved. And no matter what, we obviously... Re- will receive undeserved blessings because of, because of God's mercy. But just this idea that we shouldn't have any expectations as Christians because we should know better than anyone that we don't deserve anything, especially since we've already been given salvation. We've already been given the best, most lasting gift that there is. We certainly don't deserve anything else. We're not entitled to anything and that'd be incredibly prideful to think that we are then it ends with the chorus again and he ends with his statement very quietly and i feel like ultimately it ends with this idea that his mom's hopes are met not literally in the ways that he's saying he's going to provide and control these things but i think in a more mature adult way what he's actually saying is i'm going to love you as best as i can and provide for you as best as i can and what i yeah what i mean when i say something this large is i just love you so much i'm just gonna do the absolute best that i can and that's the realistic thing it's a cool song it's a cool song to consider generally generationally and i think also on more of like a takeaway and a more serious note is sometimes we can get overwhelmed with the expectations that our family places on us sometimes intentionally sometimes unintentionally and i think it's just worth noting you can honor and love your family but still disagree but still not necessarily fulfill all their their expectations or hopes for you and that doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong it um it just means you're going into your own person and our goal in life should not be to be character cutouts of our family 
but to just love and honor them. And I think the biggest, I would imagine the biggest hope and desire parents have for their kids is that they would just become their own person and feel confident in that. And um, I know there's been times where maybe my parents wouldn't have done what they had, what I had done if they were me, but they're always supportive because they, they can sense when I'm feeling good and confident about something. And I think ultimately that's all they've ever wanted for me is that I would find confidence in myself and my identity. And yeah, but I know I'm also very fortunate and I have a very supportive family in general. And there are unfortunately a lot of families who get very disappointed with people who don't live up to their unrealistic expectations but it's important to know that you don't serve men that includes family members you do not serve men you serve the lord it's so easy to say especially because i'm a people pleaser but at the end of the day there is a verse that says what can man do to me i think that's only a fraction of the verse actually but i mean the sentiment is there um man is not god Therefore, what can man do to me? There's nothing to be afraid of because man is nothing on God's power. And so just find comfort and confidence in knowing that if you are serving and honoring the Lord and giving yourself up for the Lord and processing things with the Lord, that's the absolute best thing you can do. And if people aren't supportive of that, pray for them. But just know that you don't have to bend to people's desires if their hearts are not aligned with the Lord's and if their intentions and support are in unhealthy places or selfish places. Just make sure when you are making decisions that you're, um, and people are giving you input, that whatever it is or whatever you're doing is aligned with the Lord's heart, is aligned with the fruits of the Spirit. And if anything is giving you fear, guilt, or shame, that is not of the Lord. Um, And I think that's something I just wish I'd had someone tell me a long time ago. Fear, shame, and guilt are never from the Lord. And if someone is making you feel any of those things and there's someone you love, communicate that because that, that should never be, that should never be someone's motive. And hopefully they will be understanding and repentant. But if not, just know that the Lord doesn't want you entrenched in fear, shame, and guilt. So, yeah. My hope for you is that you continue to grow in confidence in who you are and how God has uniquely designed you. And I hope you find freedom in being yourself and not having to try to be anyone else or be any of their opinions or expectations. Um, I know it can be really scary sometimes, but you are your own person, and that's a good thing. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this slightly, and by slightly I mean very sleepy podcast, and I will do the outro. So... Uh, in case you uh, can't predict by now, I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcasts at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. 
You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, a music video, or an album with me. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in next time for the House of Gold music video. Good night. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone.